702. Family Matters. And today, I want us to talk about reparenting ourselves. That process where you heal your inner child wounds and you nurture the parts of yourself that were neglected and abandoned in childhood. Remember the inner child, and we all have an inner child. The inner child carries the memories, the beliefs, the emotions, the pain that you had as you were growing up, even the hopes and dreams. But when you reparent yourself, you learn to provide for yourself emotionally, mentally, and physically as a caring parent would for their child. So you provide that care and that attention that you needed but did not receive as a child. And our parents may not have been able to meet all of our emotional needs growing up for a number of reasons. Maybe because they themselves were not able to meet our emotional needs because they had their own unresolved trauma. Maybe they had mental health issues. Maybe you grew up with parents who were dealing with addiction. Or maybe it was parents who simply didn't have the necessary skills to parent effectively. But as children, what we do is we internalize these childhood experiences and we carry them, carry them into adulthood. And that often results in self-sabotage, in negative self-talk, difficulties forming healthy relationships. So how do you begin the process of reparenting yourself? And is it even possible to heal those wounds? And become the parent that not only we want for our children, but the parent we would have loved our parents to be to us. If you have started this process, if you know what it's about, or maybe you don't know what it's about, and it's something you want to do because you know there's a lot of unresolved trauma with your inner child, and you've got questions about how to start, you're welcome to join this conversation. Give me a call on 011-883-0702 or send me a WhatsApp voice note on 072-702-1702. Suzanne Grigor-Hallen is a family and parenting coach who's going to guide us through this discussion. Suzanne, thank you for making time. Good morning. Uh, Suzanne, can you hear me? I'm not sure can if you you're muted. Ah, great. We've got you now. We've got you. Thank you for making time for us. Good morning. Okay, Suzanne, I think we, we're having some issues with your line. So I'm going to take a break now so that we can try and sort out um, that Zoom link to you um, because I don't think you can hear everything I'm saying. I certainly can hear everything you are saying. So we're going to take a break um, and then when we come back, we can try and resolve that line. Or Do we, do we have it better? Suzanne, can you hear me now? Oh yeah, let's take a break and try and sort out that line. Apologies for that. It's 12 minutes after 11. 702. Family Matters. Right, it's 15 minutes now after 11 o'clock. We've got uh, Suzanne Grigor-Hallen, who's a family and parenting coach, who's guiding us uh, through an important conversation we're having this morning around reparenting yourself. We struggled a little bit earlier um, with our line to her on Zoom. We've got her now on the telephone line, and let's hope that's going to hold. Um, Suzanne, can you hear me? I can. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for making time for us. Let's start with let's start with your own definition and understanding of 
reparenting and what it is and how it helps you as someone who's trying to deal and talk to that inner child? So, Cameron, as you described it to me, that's exactly what it is. We all have this little child in us, and it's often on a subconscious level, um, that hasn't healed. And obviously, you know, sometimes we have wounds that were you know, inflicted by others, invariably as parents, um, and some of those wounds are intentional, some of them were unintentional, and some of them were just our perception of a situation. And remember, everybody views the world through their sunglasses. Um, so, and it's healing those wounds so that you can become a whole better person and in their invariably parent better if you are a parent. Mm. Even if you're not a parent, you know, as you said, just healing those wounds helps you to form better relationships, helps you to function better in the world. So all in all, we need to heal those inner child children so that we can be fully functioning whole adults. Mm. So practically speaking, how do you go about that healing process? So if someone grew up with caregivers or parents who were not showing them affection, or maybe parents or one of the parents who abandoned them and then they grow up and then as adults, they've got fear of abandonment. So in how they attach, whether in friendships or in relationships, it's done with that context of I'm scared to lose you. How do you start healing that inner child and reparenting that child and giving them the necessary attention that the parents didn't give them growing up? Well, the first thing, Kim, is, as you said, you have to acknowledge and be conscious of what your triggers are. So you brought up abandonment. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people go through life sort of not really being conscious of a feeling hits and they just react to it. Um, and they don't think anything further. But then the next time a similar situation happens, that feeling is triggered, I, I call it hotwired, you hotwired for that feeling, mm. um, and they don't see the pattern. Oh, but hang on, every time this happens, this is how I react. So the first thing is to acknowledge what feelings hotwire you, and then to think, okay, well, name it. You know, when you were growing up, we're often taught to name the good feelings, but there's so many sort of what I call negative feelings that are there to help you learn and to give you understanding. So we don't actually know all of those. So to work through, well, do I feel jealous? Okay, now I'm not feeling jealous. I'm feeling angry. Okay, but why am I feeling angry? What has happened to that has made me feel anger? I'm feeling left out. Okay, but I'm not really being left out. I can't just, I can't attend the function. But while I'm, why am I sitting with this feeling? So that's the first thing, acknowledging that, that these feelings trigger certain reactions in you. And then it's going to dig deeper, you know, and it's having a look at oneself. But people want a quick fix. And so that, that's the thing about inner self-worth, is that it takes time. And you also have to be very, very patient with yourself. Um, so there's sort of four disciplines or principles that one can sort of look at. The first thing is the discipline acknowledging the feeling, being willing to go there. And, you know, I just want to bring out Clement quickly, that if the, if the traumas are too huge, and I'm talking of physical abuse, your sexual abuse, where there was substance abuse, that is often not something that we should really be dealing with on our own. Mm. So that would require a therapist, going to see a therapist, you know, where there's a safe space, because those are really, really deep, 
deep search. But if you think, if you're talking just the general population, and most of us, as you say, all have inner children that are hurt, um, you can do it on your own. Um, and the first thing is, as I said, there's discipline. Stopping yourself in that emotion, stepping back, and following certain things, like getting your breathing under control, mm. and finding little, finding joys in your life. Things that getting to know the you. Okay, so what is it that Susan enjoys doing? Oh, well, I love biking. Okay. What does Susan not enjoy doing? Well, I don't like doing that. I mean, I don't like cooking. <laughs> and then self-regulation. If you feel your triggers coming, how do I stop myself from going into that emotion? How do I step back as an adult and go, hang on, little Susan. Let's just step back, take a breath, and let's just read the situation that's going on. Mm. Um, so there's those sort of, and then self-care. Self-care is a big one. Um, you know, taking it, if you've had an overload of emotion and you're not feeling like you want to be sociable this weekend, then be the adult and say, okay, well, you don't have to be sociable this weekend. So I'm going to say no to those social engagements that you really don't feel like you do, like, like you want to go and do. Mm-hmm. So those are certain things that you can start with. Okay. So how do I know that I need to start that process of reparenting myself? What are the signs um, to look out for that may indicate the need that I need to reparent myself? Because often I'm asking this, um, Susan, because sometimes we are so scared to go there. And by there, I mean sit and reflect on what could have happened when you were young. Because as I said earlier, that inner child has got all the memories, whether it's the memories of happiness, of pain, of emotions, of beliefs. And sometimes we are scared to go back to those memories because sometimes it's so scary. It is um, so traumatic. And as you said, if you're dealing with issues of trauma, you may need somebody else to help you through it. So how do I know that? Because sometimes we run into the trap of, well, this is Clement. This is me. I am defensive in nature. So this is my personality. Or I... I'm too giving, um, and that's just my personality. Get used to it without really questioning why we feel a certain way and why we always feel the need to respond to in a certain way to whether it's conflict or any situation we may deal with. So how do I know I need to start reparenting myself? One of the, one of the big signs is um, you find it very hard to set boundaries. Um, and I find that a lot in the parents I coach um, you know, they find it very hard. They'll go and say, yes, this is the boundary I'm going to do. Mm. And then they find it very hard to implement it. Mm. Um, another thing is, you know, if you are, if someone is constantly dependent on other people's opinions in order to feel their self-worth. Mm. And so if you need your children to like you, Okay, and children naturally love their parents. It doesn't matter. You know, you can try for them now and they'll love you five minutes later. But if you have this incredible need to always make sure that your children like you, mm. because if they don't like you, you don't feel good enough, then that's a sign. That can be a, a sign. Um, if your self-care routine, you know, if you put other self-care above your own, you know, a child is very self-centered for, for a few years, you know, and... If you are too scared to do that, if your self-care is not important as others, then you have to look at why. Mm. And 
Another thing is that if you feel like you have no control over your life, like you have no say over your life, that everything happens to you and not because of you, you know, that's another sign that there's maybe some issues you need to go and, go and work on. Another thing is that if you feel like you have no opinion or your decisions that you make um, aren't important or you find it hard to make decisions, Mm. You know, so if you have a partner and they say, well, where do you feel like going for dinner tonight? And you go, no, no, I don't know. You tell me. And you find that you're scared that if you give the answer, it's not going to be the answer they want. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's little signs like that. Um, and then obviously, as I said, you know, there's certain emotional triggers. Um, you know, if you don't get that like on Instagram and you suddenly feel rejection, well, why am I feeling rejection? Mm-hmm. So those are signs that you can look for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I've got some calls now, um, Susan. Let's take some on 011-883-0702. Uh, share your experiences with us as well. Maybe you don't really understand where to even begin. Um, have you started asking yourself those questions? So when you feel in a particular way, have you started asking yourself, why do I feel this way? Right? Or do you just respond? Because sometimes the answers you find when you're feeling in a particular way may be difficult um, to acknowledge and difficult to process, but that's just part of the difficult journey of reparenting yourself. Give me a call or send me a WhatsApp voice note. Let's start in Midrand. Kurt, good morning. German, how are you doing, brother? Good, man. How are you? Sweet, sweet, boss. Uh, my name is Kurt. I'm a 40-year-old man. Hmm. I've got two kids, um, 11-year-old and a 23-year-old. And uh, I was just saying to your team now, the important thing that I've learned um, along my journey in life is to really dig deep into our family unit and our family as, as, a, as a whole uh, to then understand, you know, uh, uh, how to handle things in the now. Um, because if, if I looked at or when I dug a bit deeper and looked into my parents' upbringing and how they were treated as, as, as youngsters, you know, it, it helped me better understand their behaviors and and how and how they they, they made decisions, etc. And mm. and then it also helped me. It kind of translated into then how I need to deal with what's going on now in my life, um, because it it, it it was very important and and it was shocking actually when I started digging a bit deeper, and it helped me to not be so angry all the time mm-hmm. and upset and, and disappointed and all the rest of it because I was like, okay, well, maybe some of the behaviors were just because uh, they also didn't have the, 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 the upbringing that, that, that prepared them for, for, for too much in life, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that was just my five cents worth. Uh, I, I was listening this morning and I thought it was, it was very interesting and I'm loving the conversations you you're putting together recently, man. It's, I think uh, mentally it's helping a lot of us. Oh no, thank you, thank you, um, Kurt, and thanks to you for um, calling in and and sharing what your experience and and learnings have been. Um, uh, Susan, there's someone also on Twitter who says, "Clement, I've tried that process of reparenting yourself, but it's such a difficult process because there are certain things you need to acknowledge about yourself that are difficult." Uh, to acknowledge because you cannot be able to start that work until you acknowledge certain things and how you feel a certain way and i find that's the difficult part and and susan how important is it 
for people to know the road ahead and how difficult it may be because you may have to deal with certain traumas certain you know things that happened that pained you when you were a child um that maybe you are not even ready to deal with how, how what's the importance of just being ready and and getting prepared before starting the process there is a process that you can do to be prepared and as you say you know it can be very painful but if you acknowledge already that it might be painful you have to decide how willing are you to go there you know it's the same as if you want to go to gym and you want to lose weight how willing are you to do that hard slug but when we're dealing with the inner child Clement we must remember that we have to start with forgiveness and not forgiveness of the adults or the whatever we go into ourselves and, you know, we say to ourselves, you know, Susan, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you felt this way. I'm sorry that you were hurt. I'm sorry that you didn't have the child that you had dreamed of. But I need you to know it wasn't your fault. Mm. It wasn't your fault. Because remember, as children, if you, think of a, if you think of your own children or children, you know, in schools or children in general, they are not in control of their circumstances because they are the child. But when we start in a child work, we're going at it from an adult perspective and we think, well, I should have done that and I should have done this. But you were a child. How did you know? How did you know? You know, mm. so I always say we have to start just by forgiving yourself, forgiving and loving yourself. And that's why I say it is a process. And if you feel that you cannot do it on your own, mm. if you think those hurts are going to be too extreme, too hard for you to deal with, then rather seek professional help. Mm-hmm. And because then those therapists will be equipped with the tools to guide you and help you. And, you know, if you are going to do the inner work on yourself, then tell someone that you love and that you care that this is what I'm going to be doing. And mm-hmm. um, so can you be there for me if I need it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you don't have to do it on your own. Mm. All right. That's it. Definitely start with just saying, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. Acknowledging it. I'm sorry. Mm. Yes, yes. Okay, it's it's 11.30. Clement Maniatella. 7.02. All right, let's find out what's coming up on 7.02 Afternoons with Rilebo Gile Mabocha. It's 25 minutes before 12 o'clock. After that, uh, we're going to continue our conversation about reparenting yourself how are you doing it? Have you tried it? Uh, do you have questions for my guest, uh, Suzanne, about how you can go about it? Uh, let me know on 011-883-0702 or you can send me a WhatsApp line on 072-702-1702. Okay, while I wait for uh, to be... Are we not talking to Rilebukhile? Okay, I'm told uh, we're not speaking to Rilebukhile um, at the moment. So let's get back to our conversation now we're talking about reparenting yourself this morning on our family matters feature that process where you heal your inner child wounds where you're nurturing parts of yourself that were neglected or abandoned in childhood what happened to you when you were a child that you're still caring to this day we talked we talked about attachment styles about a week or two ago and part of those attachment styles we form has got something to do with how we were raised. It's got something to do with the inner child, right? Maybe you've got fear of abandonment. Maybe you've become a defensive person. Maybe um, you are not easy to forgive, right? When someone betrays you 
it's the biggest betrayal and you don't forgive so easily? Have you asked yourself questions like, why do I react in a particular way? Suzanne said, maybe you post something on Instagram and you don't get the likes you want and you feel rejection or you ask someone, let's go for lunch, but they already have an appointment, whether legitimate or not. That makes you feel like they are rejecting you. Do you ask yourself why? Because that may have something to do with how you were raised. And the wounds that you felt as a child. And it's important to start the work of reparenting that inner child. Uh, Susan, uh, let's look at some of the questions uh, coming through now, even on the WhatsApp line. The importance of being gentle on yourself. Because I imagine sometimes when you are dealing with these things, that can really, really be hard. Um, So how important is it then to just be gentle with yourself. You mentioned earlier that you must tell yourself that, you know, it wasn't your fault. Uh, Just please, um, again, underscore the importance of that because there's someone asking about it. Lily, you're dealing with your subconscious part of you that was your little child. Now, if a child child has no control of their parents, if their parent is, let's say, you know, your dad or one's dad worked long hours, and was never home. As a child, what control would a child have over that? Absolutely nothing. It's completely out of their control. Yet we take that feeling of, I wasn't good enough, daddy didn't want to be here, he was always at work. And yet as an adult, when we go to work, we can see how consumed one can get by work. So then we look at ourselves and we go, oh, but you know, it was your fault, you know, you shouldn't be so upset by that because, you know, look how hard you have to work when you're talking to yourself. But as a child, you have to go, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you felt daddy was always at work. But understand it wasn't your fault. It was daddy's job or it was daddy's escape or mm. it wasn't about you. And that's what I mean by gentle. We have to give ourselves time. First of all, to acknowledge these feelings, to be willing to go into those feelings. Because remember, you can acknowledge the feelings and then you can say, okay, I know these feelings are there, but not deal with them for years. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. so everything is being gentle and giving yourself time. Just like you would your, sorry, excuse me, just like you would your own child. You would be gentle with them. Mm, yes, exactly. Let, let's listen to some voice notes. If I can also just add, my relationships do definitely suffer. I've always felt as if you know. Okay, that's weird. I'm not. Okay, sorry. All right. I didn't hear that. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm. I'm also hearing it from far. So I think it's it's part of the problems we've had with some of our WhatsApp voice notes. So let's try play it from Abel's computer. If I can also just add, my relationships do definitely suffer. What? Relationships do definitely suffer. I've always felt as if you know my romantic relationships that oh, last. Okay. Even when things are going well. Do you only have one voice note now? Mm, 
Yeah, um, that's abandonment, Susan. So how do you deal with that? He says he always has that sense of insecurity and at the back of his mind, he's, he's like, yeah, this person will leave me ultimately. Um, mm. How do you start dealing with issues around the fear of abandonment? Because um, you also start pleasing the people and doing whatever they want because you're just working so hard to just you know hold them closer to you so that they don't leave even when they're messing up. Where do you start yes. when you deal with, with the fear of abandonment? Now, Chairman, with, with all sort of things in a childhood, there, there, are certain, um, there are certain categories that they sort of fall under. So the one is trust, you know, the broker that there's no trust. The other one is connection, which would fall under abandonment, you know, having a connection with someone. The other ones are being heard. I was never heard. I was never seen. Um, and the other one is recognition. So those are sort of quite a few of the four major feelings that people sit with. And how they present is obviously different for all of us. But if you have connection abandonment issues, then what you have to do is you have to connect with yourself. You have to promise yourself that you're never going. You have to start inward. So, you know, trust, how do you build trust with yourself? Well, you promise yourself you're going to do something every day no matter how little it is. And, you know, don't say I'm going to promise myself I'm going to go to the gym every day and in time at 4 o'clock in the morning it's too cold and you go, okay, no, I'm not going to. And, you know, I had a client who said, I'm going to promise myself I only have one rest of my tea every morning. And in that way you're building trust because abandonment is a trust issue. I don't trust that you're going to stay with me. Okay? So you have to build the trust of the person who is going to stay with you and who is going to stay with you for life but yourself, mm. you know? Mm. So you start building little things of trust that way. And then, as I said, you make a connection by telling someone, this is what I'm doing. So if you have a relationship, you can say, listen, I have abandonment issues, but I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another person says, uh, good morning, Clement, and, and good morning to Suzanne there. To me, I think the best way to try and reparent um, yourself is to maybe have a relationship with your kids that you never had with any of your parents. Is that a good strategy? It can be, but it can also backfire. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, you know, if you had a parent who wasn't present, sometimes we can become over-present. We can become those helicopter parents. Um, I had a parent a while ago whose, whose daughter was seemingly struggling with friends. Her daughter didn't have seem to have friends at school. And she kept on asking her daughter, aren't you worried? And she was getting so worried about her daughter not having a friend, not having friends. And her daughter said, mom, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. And the mom was pushing, the mom was pushing. And she came to me and said, Susan, this is what I'm doing. And I said, it's not your daughter's issue. I said, it's your issue. I said, you are the one who is concerned about not having anybody. I said, your daughter's fine with it. She told you she's fine with it. But if the mother had kept on pushing, kept on pushing, her issue could have become her daughter's issue. Because then suddenly her daughter might have been a problem where originally it wasn't a problem for her. Sure, yeah. Another message says, good morning, Clemmy. I must say, I'm 39 today and I have never celebrated myself. I'm a working professional individual. I've never, ever in my life celebrated even my birthdays or milestones, not even a birthday cake. 
I don't know how to celebrate myself. Could there be an element of trauma from my early days? Um, we could not afford much back then at home. I find myself now feeling that I've missed out on a lot. Um, and I want to celebrate myself, but I'm struggling with that. Uh, that's a message from Anonymous. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, goodness, I feel like throwing a party for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it, that could definitely be, especially if there was a scarcity of money. You know, there'd be a fear of, well, celebrating might mean spending money. So then I can't. I don't want to because the money will be needed for something else. Um, but we don't necessarily have to celebrate in a big way. You can have daily celebrations of yourself. Mm. You know, if you've made a good, good, good meal, celebrate that. Yeah, you know, do you have voice notes? The good, the good crockery, don't you? You know, the normal crockery or put a glass of wine out of dinner. I mean, the, you know, Paula said that they were professionals. Well, celebrate their professional achievements that they've done. Mm. And say, sure, look where I was five years ago and look where I am now. And gosh, I've done that. I've done that. We are watching the same thing. Mm. You know, so, so a little celebration can, you know, I also had a friend once who said, at the end of every week, she bought, used to buy one of those little miniature bottles of champagne and she just used to celebrate things that she had done well in the week. Mm. Mm. You know, so celebrations don't have to be a huge, big party. That costs lots of money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Another question from Anonymous says, Hi, Clement. Please can you ask Suzanne, how does one begin to deal with the void you are constantly feeling due to childhood neglect? Sure. Okay. The first, a good way to do, to start off with, is by letting that inner child of yours write a letter. Mm. You can write a letter to your parents. And you don't have to hold bars. You don't have to edit it. You don't have to do anything. It's to think of getting those feelings out, getting those feelings out of that, I and mean, getting those feelings that I felt lonely, and where were you, and I'm so cross with you, and why did you do that? And, and just getting it all out. In that itself, it's cathartic. In that itself, is healing. And if you cry, remember, tears are our body's way of also releasing stress. Mm. And Clement, if we don't let those tears out, where do those chemicals go? Those chemicals stay in us. Okay. So much like laughing is the energy that is that is expressed from us when we're happy. Crying is also an energy. Mm. It also has to get out of our bodies. And um, so if you want to cry, cry and get all those feelings out. And I find writing letters and then sort of reading through them again and you know, it, it slowly, you slowly, the crying becomes late. Because the more you read it, the more you start to, start to have an understanding, the more you have forgiveness. Um, those sort of things are very good. Um, meditation is good. Um, journaling, affirmations, you know, every day, waking up. You know, kids have no problem saying, I'm amazing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they have, but yet as you get older, you struggle to do that. Mm, yeah. Okay, I've got some some more WhatsApps and some messages on the WhatsApp line um, as well, Susan. So um, we'll get to those after the break. Thirteen minutes before twelve. Seven o two. Family matters. Ten minutes before twelve o'clock, we're wrapping up our conversation on our family matters feature this morning about the need, importance, right, 
of reparenting yourself. Here's a WhatsApp voice note that has come through. Hello, you are speaking to Rati Mutwai. I think this issue is a, been a topic that is very broad while looking at how we have raised in the past comparing the situation now. We have raised as a man to be strong and as a man not to cry. And then this issue is a very, very sensitive issue and it's very difficult for most of us as men. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that, that's true, right, Susan, for, for, for a lot of men. So where do they start? So if you've been raised like that to be this tough nut, eh? don't cry, you've got to be strong, you've got to be the leader. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but the pressure that it puts... And that's why some people, when they are without a job, they're more impacted as men um, than, you know, they would for women. Because for them as men, they were told, then you're a big failure if you don't have this, if you can't do this. So for people who have always been raised to be that, that tough head, where do they start? How do you reparent that inner child to know that it's okay to cry? It's okay to be vulnerable. It, it's a, it is a very tough one, um, and it, the, the sad point is that the opposite of that, being tough, you know, is it leads to aggression. If I can't get these feelings out in a constructive way, it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then we have aggression. And Clement, do you know that naturally boys, when they are younger, are far more okay. emotional and sensitive than little girls? And then it switches around later on when they're teenagers. Um, so we're telling our little boys when they're little not to cry. And I always say that they can, but they just have to be mindful of what they're crying about. That's all. Um, but it is a hard one. And to be honest with you, it's that I always think needs a lot of therapy um, because they're not always, it's not always just about the, the crying and being strong. The other things that go with it, as you say, you know, and if a man doesn't succeed or if he doesn't have a job, he's a failure. So there are a lot more emotions that are clumped with that. Um, but a catalyst is boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. And I always say to children, it's, we were all given tear ducts. We were all given tear ducts for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, girls weren't given them and boys not. It's having, it's being, it's being, it's, sorry, it's allowing ourselves to be comfortable with both the negative hmm. and the positive emotions and knowing that that is what they are. They are energies that have to pass through us. We attach the meaning to it. Hmm. Hmm. Another person says, Clement, it's anonymous here. I'm 50 years old now and I've long identified my dysfunctional lifestyle to a bitter childhood. I don't know how to have fun, how to laugh or form relationships. And I felt it was already late for me due to age. I've tried my best to be there for my kids in fear of developing these characters I'm trapped in. However, my biggest fear is seeing them now also having some of my antisocial behaviors. I've tried explaining my childhood and I thought it will help them to take a different route. 
Um, that's a message from Anonymous who says they are 50 now. Is it too late, um, Susan, ne- to, to reparent and try? Hmm? Never. Feminists never too late. <laughs> um, one thing that did start out in that, that comment to me was he sense that he or he or she says he has they have a lack of joy. Hmm. Um, and so that's where they can start. As I said, they can go back to seeing what do I enjoy doing? Forget about everybody else. What do I like doing? What do I get lost in time with? What you know, if it's sitting watching comedies or, you know, reading good books, what lifts their spirit? And they need to do more of that. Um, to find that joyness um, in themselves. Because joy breeds joy. It, they'll start to have that serotonin pump through them. Um, and then that gives them the energy to do more things, to try more things. And hmm. um, one thing we do need to be careful of when we are raising children is to not inadvertently give them our traits. So, you know, if you have a child who has a quick temper, don't say, oh, you have a temper like your grandfather. Mm. because then what that is saying is you don't have to be responsible for your temper because it's not yours. Mm. With this we say you don't. You have your own temper. You have your own um, drama. You, know, you have your own temper tantrum. It doesn't come from somebody because the moment that you remove that responsibility they feel they have no way of changing it. It's in them. What can I do about it? There's nothing I can do about it. Mm. But they definitely do. Yeah. And that's, we give we can give children that. You can own it. You can change Susan. this if you want to. Mm. Yeah. Well, Susan, thank you so much for, for, for helping us um, understand this concept of reparenting yourself. Susan uh, Gregor Harlan is a family and parenting coach. It's going up to three minutes before 